Hi, and welcome back to the How to Decorate podcast from Ballard Designs. We want to teach you how to decorate your home and unleash your inner decorator. So we'll be interviewing interior designers, stylists, and other talents in the design world, sharing the trials and triumphs of our own homes, and also answering your decorating questions. I'm Caroline. I run the Ballard Designs blog, How to Decorate. And I'm Taryn. I'm on the product design team at Ballard. And I'm Karen, and I head up branding at Ballard. And we are your hosts. Hi. Today, instead of trials and triumphs, we are going to do, um, we got a great email from someone and they wanted to know our favorite decorating books because we've had so many people on the show, but we're all going to kind of go through our very favorites. It was Brooke. She very sweetly said she loves it, but she wanted to hear about our favorite books. Right. Yes. Well, let me ask you this, ladies. When you're when you're selecting your favorite books, looking, what are you looking for? Are you looking for inspiration or very specific design advice, or you know what? What when you were thinking about your favorites, what 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 made you decide? I mean, here's the thing. I have truly found something worthwhile in all of the books of the guests that we've had. And I yep. have genuinely enjoyed them all. I think the two, the three that really stuck out to me were all different, but they all just, I don't know. I just really connected with the designer, the way they talked about design, their mm-hmm. their work. So mm-hmm. I guess when I name mine, I'll, I'll kind of explain why we'll I do liked yours. each one. But okay, yeah, let's do it. it. All right. So my first one, probably my very favorite, and I am just a huge fan of her. Her name is Lauren Lease. Her book is Habitat. It's her first book, and actually she has a second one. I have the second one. I haven't fully dove into the second one yet, I'll admit. But I love the first one, and I love the way she talks about design. And I think that it's just a really good first book to I, – I just think she's really good at breaking it down in a simple way and um, kind of explaining – the guidelines she uses and how she sort of thinks about it. And it's literally called the field guide to decorating habitat, yes. the field guide to decorating. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that's probably my very favorite. And I also just love her style. It's very natural. And um, she's all about, and that's kind of her play on the field guide. You know, it's all about plants and flowers and she loves that stuff and works it into her design. My second favorite, and I've actually talked about this on the show in one of our early, early trials and triumphs, I really loved Tom Shearer's first book. I liked his second book too, but I, the first one just really captured me and I loved, it's Tom Shearer Decorates and um, love that one. I just love how down to earth he is about design. You know, like he loves Ikea. He also loves priceless antiques and does not seem to, you know, he doesn't judge something because it's inexpensive if it's good design. And I love the way um, he does kind of high-low stuff and mm-hmm. reuses stuff a lot. And mm-hmm. um, so I love that. And then, the, uh, you know, the Remember one that really caught Remember we made fun of him for the title of his second book, More Decorating? I was like, how long did you take <laughs> thinking of that title, Tom? <laughs> you, I love the second book, too. Um, the third one that really just I was mesmerized by was Madeline Stewart's Oh, my um, God. See, she's on my list. Book and No Place Like Home. Um, is the name of her book. And she just is so freaking smart. And I love how 
deep she dives into every single house and every single house is like it's almost like a movie set or its own just world and Mm -hmm. that one really 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 blew me away I don't know that I in my practical everyday life these houses are so over the top that Sure. Well, so many books are, though. You know, that's the hard thing to me about. um, And sometimes the hard thing when we're interviewing people on the podcast. So the books and the designers, the the projects are so amazingly done. I don't know. what I mean, it, it doesn't seem like a girl like me from Atlanta can, you know, have that in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that the takeaway is because often when I'm reading the books in advance or researching the decorators or designers in advance, I have a I have a set notion in my mind about how they're going to be. Oh my gosh, these interiors are just ridiculous. They're over the top. They're the people who are doing these things have so much money this designer is going to be just so hoity-toity. And then they get on and they're amazing. They're Mm -hmm. so down to earth. They're so practical. So often they're like, well, I couldn't afford that in my own home, but you know, so I had to wait 10 years to do this or that or the other. Mm -hmm. And so when you do get the books and you read them and you are looking at the very specific advice, even these very palatial homes, um, everyone has a budget. Okay. So everybody Mm -hmm. has a budget. So, but, um, there's there's always tips and tricks and hints and advice and um, things that a, a normal gal can copy mm-hmm. and and totally. learn from. I will say that I think not in the um, sense that I get tips so much, but I do think there you learn a lot by um, looking at the books with the over the top, incredible, just perfectly done houses, just. Even just seeing the way they've laid out their rooms. Um, I mean, I don't have a giant ballroom that I'm, you know, dividing into multiple, you know, seating areas. But there is – and it's kind of – I think a lot of the designers we've talked to have spoken to this where, you know, just the more you see and the more details and layouts and arrangements and combination of textures, I do think just over time that's taught me a lot. But – and a lot of people do yeah. have those open um, homes now, you know, that's true. Yeah. open floor plans. But and I think hard even, to put furniture in those. Yeah. I feel like all the details we've incorporated into our homes is the same thing. We've studied and been like, mm-hmm. okay, so I can't have those ceilings. I know I can't. But what else is it about this room that intrigues me? Like, why am I in love with this image? Is it the color? Is it the, you know, like, what is it? Is it this actual furniture? And then sometimes you're like, no, it's not even the furniture. It's the room itself. Is it the light? How can I have that light? You Mm -hmm. know? So I think it's, like you said, it's really studying the images. And that's probably why you fell in love with those books is they just, they spoke to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So those are my thing. Good for you. All right, Taryn, you go. Mine have actually, I will be honest that I didn't have that many a few years ago and I now have a ton and it's from doing this podcast. And I hope that everyone that is listening, even Brooke will really, you know, when we've talked about books and if you're kind of like the, if you like the designer and you thought they were funny or enjoyable or smart or like check out their books, because Mm -hmm. I feel like I've enjoyed so many that this is really hard to even like do. (laughs) Am I the only one that actually picked three? 
I did. No, I, I did. Okay. So no, I did not. We had him on recently, <laughs> and the one I liked because of how practical it was. And mine, I guess I kind of like guides. So this is probably mm-hmm. why. But I really liked Vern Yips, but his vacation at home one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I liked his first one because it had lots of practical tips too. But this one I liked because it spoke to, like you guys said, it's really focusing on how do I want to live? And why can't I live like I'm on vacation? Right. Mm -hmm. And it really put a big question mark into my head about, well, what do I, what am I like patching? And then versus what can I do? And to your point, maybe I can't afford to do what I want to do right now, but you know what? It's, that's a perfect thing to save for. You know, it's like, I know I want to get that. So like, that's going to be my new goal. You know, that's going to be my treat for X, Y, Z, you know? Um, and certain things don't cost anything, you know, if you want to fold yeah. your towels like spa towels, mm-hmm. so your bathroom always feels like a spa. Well, that's zero dollars. Right. You know, but those little things like that that make you feel special. Oh, True. yeah. And I think even you, Karen, even with how you do your guest rooms with little the little bitty things you put next to the bed to like make sure a guest has. Again, that's so simple to do. And I would love to have that for my guests. So why wasn't I doing it? I just didn't think of it like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that, you know, again, it's such a great look way to look at it. Um, another fun one I enjoyed because I do like hosting parties and I love pulling out all my random colorful crap that I've stored away um, <laughs> is uh, Eddie Ross's Modern Mix. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, I think it's a fun looking book. It's like bright red spine and stuff. It is which visually is, pleasing. Which mm-hmm. I love a good color. So obviously it's it's a nice um, – and I feel like I'm living the modern mix in a way with my style. Um, so I kind of appreciate it. Um, and he has a lot of tips and tricks too. He has a lot more to pick from when he's hosting. But <laughs> I still find, you know, it was very inspirational. And I was like, well, I need a place to hang my tablecloth. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's true. You, you're do. building your house. I hope you're building an entertaining pantry. Right, exactly. I thought you always shoved them in a drawer and then you had to iron them right before the no. event. I thought that's how you did it. <laughs> I hang mine in the basement on a rolling rack. It's not It's not nearly as sexy as Eddie Ross's. But you're ready but they're hung and ready Mm -hmm. yeah i can grab them at any time Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then um i just have such a soft spot for bunny williams and i love her layered style and her rooms just honestly feel like i it's kind of i feel like it's similar to my mom so in a way kind of like it, no, you know, it's maximized and there's so much, but it's so comfortable. And I just, so it, for me, it speaks to it. So I love her books, all of them. And, um, and then her friend, um, the one man folly book. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, by Furlo Gate. Furlow Gate. Mm-hmm. Yep. Furlow Gatewood. Yes. Gatewood. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Gatewood. I was like, wait. One man's folly. Yes. Yes. Um, it was so romantic for me. So I really liked that one. Um, but mm-hmm. it's, it's often bo- the story, right? The story behind mm-hmm. the pictures. It's not just the photos. It's when you understand the why behind it that really makes that book special. Um, not and to interrupt I, you, Taryn. No, no. That's totally why I think, you know, definitely read them too. It's mm-hmm. because these people have really combed over these homes. They weren't just, you know, I lived there or, you know, like I did this. They mm-hmm. they have reasons and purposes for everything they do. And it's, so it's really nice. And then I think I just have a crush on Gil Schaefer. And so <laughs> yes. I yeah, love sure. I love his architecture and it's so classical. And, but I just love the breath he puts into things. So um, 
one that I recently had out because as I'm thinking about my own home that we're going to do, I wanted to pull out his books just to kind of, again, read his thoughts on from an architectural standpoint. And so I pulled out his A Place to Call Home. And again, I just, I like it. I love mm-hmm. the way he talks through it too and tells you why and how to plan your garden so you have the different like rooms. And I was like, God, that's mm-hmm. so smart. Mm-hmm. I think of it as an ugly yard. <laughs> right. <laughs> <You> know, like, <laughs> no, thinking about the outside, the way you think about the inside that is was such always a foreign so... idea, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. those were just some, again, it's so hard to say that because we've had so many amazing guests with gorgeous books and really good stories. And um, so that was hard to pick, actually. Mm-hmm. So, But I would definitely, if I were you, even go down the list of people we've had and see who has books and really yeah. take a look. I will say that all the ones... I, the ones that I like the best are typically the ones that I really just enjoyed reading too. It wasn't just about the photos. Yeah. Um, right. One one more actually that just occurred to me is um, Tara Shaw's. Oh gosh. Um, hold on. Should we just designing with antiques? Soul of the home. Designing with antiques. I just oh, love great. her freaking style. She has incredible style. If you do like antiques, or maybe if you have. Um, you know, antiques from family members and you're not really sure how to work with them, that is a great place of inspiration because I think she does a great job of like giving them fresh life and just making them feel really unexpected. Mm-hmm. You know, so anyway. yeah. Well, I said I, at the beginning I didn't have see favorites, <laughs> but I do. You thought of some. I do. Well, I, as we were talking about it, we're really reminded me of what I'm drawn to is um, I think books that talk about sort of the sense of place of the home or the why behind the home or the architecture of the home, even something like Lee Ledbetter's book. I think it's called um, The Art of Place, uh, also a New Orleans dude along with Tara Shaw. I loved reading about the why behind the structure and so often we're we're thinking about what we're putting inside the 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 envelope as Suzanne Castler calls it of our home but when you're actually planning the whole thing and and siting it on the land and figuring out the best light for it and all before you even you know pour a bit of cement it's so fascinating to me Mm -hmm. um and so I loved his book for that reason um and then of course I do love bunny books, um, and I will say that when I was trying to figure out my backyard, um, which is, you know, a postage stamp compared to Bunny's <laughs> backyard in Connecticut, she, you know, she, she, I think she just keeps buying her neighbor's yards and then adding them to her forest of yard and <laughs> making this sort of amazing meandering um, estate, um, but I I got her in garden style book and read it cover to cover to try to understand what I should be doing. And it it kind of harkens back to the Lee Ledbetter book, which is, you know, you need to understand your space first before you can figure out what kind of plant you need to plant, before you can figure out what color you need to paint your walls. You need to understand your surroundings and the why and the how and the function of it and all of that before you really proceed. And, and, um, in, in just recently, we had Marshall on, and he was talking about all the research that he does 
about every project before he jumps in. So I think we all sort of get too hasty when it comes to what we want to put in our house and how we want to decorate it. And so I think thinking about the bigger picture of it is, um, to me, what those books help me do. So I when so I think it helps me to understand that there's that research part of the project is just as important as what you know, the, the final things that we're always trying to rush to, mm-hmm. you know, understanding the how and the why behind the project um, really helps you get a better finish in the end and not just, you know, what fabric should I put on the sofa or what color should the wall be? Yeah. It's, it's a bigger picture than that. Yeah. So it's also so like, I feel like they talk, they think so practically about things sure. and you don't think of interior design as being practical, but it really, really is. And so I think that's something that's, um, a great reminder because it's easy to write off interior design as this, you know, luxury, this frilly, you know, just cosmetic, but it's really right. not. And it's about the feel good so that you don't know. Yeah. And, well, and making your house work for you. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Remember Sophie Donaldson, this is your space and it should work hard for you. And if there's ever a time do. that your house needs to work hard, it's right now. Right. I mean, <laughs> the COVID house had better you've step got, up to the plate. Your house is a classroom. Mm-hmm. It's an office. It's your um, yoga studio. It's your playground. Your, yeah, it's, your playground, your vacation for the summer. Yeah. I mean, it's everything. It's your favorite restaurant. Your restaurant. Like, yes. You have to make every single space count. And like for a lot of us, I think, you know, it's easy if you have a house to be like, oh, I could. I wish I had like one more room or I wish I had a bigger house. You know, there's always like the bigger, better, whatever. But there's so much we can do to make every single room enjoyable. Yes, and with what we already have. Yeah, Unless and, you live in a 400 square foot studio in New York. And then you're, in which I'm case, sorry, y'all. feel really bad sorry. for you. Yeah. But so, yeah. So just really we love you, advantage. but we can't help. <laughs> I mean, we're jealous that you get to live in New York City in a really cool, that part's True. really cool. But yeah. right now we feel really bad. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So anyways, yes. Long story short, we have a lot of books we love. Yes. I mean, honestly, there That's aren't any long. any of the books that um any of the people we've had on the show that have had books. Mm-hmm. I can't think of any. I mean, not that I would even. Say oh my gosh, it, but Miles I can't Red's think of big book. Yes. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah, and you can you know you can look at the galleys um and you can see some really good um, mm-hmm. representations of the books before you buy them. And when you really think about you know they're maybe thirty five dollars. Um, it's a great investment in uh, a project to, to kind of look at a designer's work, see their reasoning behind it and absorb it. And, and I'm, I'm sure you can get them used as well. So then, well, you know, and trade them around with friends. This it's is also an amazing accessory. Yeah. They love do look really good them. as an accessory. Books are great, but we've also kind of cheated for them again, because just listen to the episode, you know, like if you're thinking True. about someone and we talk to them, what a great cheat. You can listen to them and again, see what they're saying. And then you're going to be like, if you're in, you're like, oh, well, I kind of yeah. want to hear more. I want to see more. Right. And then yeah. get their book. If you feel a yeah. synergy with that person, synergy. go check their book out. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Synergy. It's a good word. That's a good word. <laughs> Thanks. I feel synergy with this next guest. Let's do <laughs> Let's, Let's do chat. it. All right, our guest today is Gina Salmon. She is an interior designer, an award-winning interior designer in Atlanta whose style is timeless and pretty. And I loved in um, some interview I was reading 
of yours that you described your style as classic with a little funk. And I thought that that was such a, a um, interesting choice because those are those two descriptors that are at odds. Yes. But when you do look at your work and your portfolio, the description works. So maybe we can start off by you describing a little bit about what that means and um, where that funkiness comes into your I, I don't know. I just feel like every room needs a little bit of personality. And so that's it. Be it. Um, and funk doesn't necessarily mean uh, need to be something that is so way out there, but it could be a very classic traditional room with acrylic in it or mm-hmm. a um, contemporary piece um, or leopard used completely differently. Something like that. Um, I, I love color, as y'all probably saw. Um, I am not a black and white girl at all. Um, but, I, I mean, I, um, I, I think that each room needs some type of personality. And that mm-hmm. also right. mimics the homeowner. Yeah. Yeah, definitely color is super obvious. I mean, a ongoing theme throughout your your um design spaces and um i was curious you know color palettes are so indicative of the time period you know you can see that um avocado green and you immediately think 70s or whatever it is and i was curious how you choose color palettes if you um you know because your your rooms are so classic how you really think about color and how you choose colors that you can really live with for a long time when they're so bold. You know, I think um, even though you say avocado is so seventies, actually if you look <laughs> at the fabrics now, what colors are we using? Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I know. So keep those avocado kitchens and bathrooms. Um, <laughs> all, all colors. It's all design as y'all know. Um, is very cyclical. So um, it's, and I'm just responding to the avocado, um, as selecting color palettes, when I meet with clients, I look at their art, um, I talk to them. I mean, I ask very um, detailed questions. I I have a very long questionnaire that I have them fill out. And then we also meet and and, you know, talk and discuss, finding out what colors they love, what colors they don't. And a lot of times it's clients that will kind of help, you know, gear you into the right direction of what they like. Um, I might not like, I have two projects that are very bold. It's clients that moved from New York um, to a bungalow in Garden Hills and, um, they wanted kind of a New York feel. And so we have a lot of, um, black and white and orange and purple personally, not my style, um, or my colors, but, um, it works for them, you know? So I I think Mm -hmm. clients will steer you in the right direction of, of likes and don't likes. Is it harder to do a project that's in a color palette that maybe you're not normally no, working I in? Or is it- no, I love that. I love to step out of the box. I mean, <laughs> um, I don't have a lot of designers have a look 
Obviously, if you've seen my portfolio, I don't. <laughs> um, I mean, I I love to do stuff like that. I have a project up in Cashers that we've been working on for, oh my gosh, about three years. And it's a house that Frank Lloyd Wright protege built. And it has water running under it. Um, it's, I mean, one of the coolest houses I've ever seen. And it has been completely redone. Like the ceilings had to come down because snakes and rats were literally falling on us. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah. Um, a tree fell on the dam. And so it flooded. I mean, <sighs> everything you can think of, but the house, the bones are unbelievable. And it's a, it's such a different house. The marble mm -hmm. that we picked in the kitchen is just you wouldn't see it in most places but i love projects like that i i could not do the same look over and over i i, I would go crazy literally would go crazy yeah. <laughs> i want to hear what more uh, like if you could describe you know even a room in this cool house like what did oh. you go with um it's so it's funny um we tried to stick with Again, Frank Lloyd Wright is greens and oranges, um, you know, terracotta's brown, stuff like that. Um, we, because it's so many windows and there's so much nature, we really looked outside and tried to bring that in. Um, the marble in the kitchen, and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me, it looks like the stones outside. It's um, everything that we did. We tried to really um, hone in on the palette outside because it's just mm -hmm. um, it's it's probably one of the coolest houses I've ever worked on. And she is writing um, a book and has been documenting everything on it. And the oh, architect, no. she got that's really her cool. husband. Yeah, her and her husband met them. Uh, I met the architect like three months before he passed away, and he was like ninety-two. Yeah, that's really cool. the original so, architect. Yeah. So, are they working with an architect now to redo no. it? No, okay. it's we didn't do anything. I mean, we we kind of drew up the kitchen, which we did. That there was wasn't a lot of you, you couldn't move walls. <laughs> um, it would have taken away from the integrity. Um, so we just, we tried to use the same kitchen cabinets. We couldn't. So we had some made that almost looked identical. Um, there was a bed, a master bed that was made. It was a platform bed. So we kept that. Um, and also he had made furniture. And so we kept the furniture and we're trying to um, use that not comfortable at all. <laughs> um, so it's like we've got um, this very architectural sofa and then we have a baby grand piano with a Venetian chandelier because they had bought in the they bought the chandelier on a trip to Italy and her husband's from Italy his whole family's from Italy he owns his family owns the oldest winery somewhere in Italy yeah, I know. It's like mm -hmm. one of those. And it's something that I'll work on and then I won't hear from them for six months because up in the mountains, everybody stops. Yeah. And then especially nice. now during the COVID, 
literally you couldn't even get into Highlands. They wouldn't let you in. So it's been going on for a while. Being touched if it ever finishes. Yeah. So we'll see. You're like, please let me photograph this one day. I know. I know. Please. There's always those projects that you do and you, the whole time you're going, oh, this is going to be so great. I'm going to, I'm going to photograph it. I'm going to photograph it. And then sometimes they just never get photographed. Mm -hmm. I'm here in Atlanta like that. Wow. That has to be hard because you do, you want it to show it off. Yeah. 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 And some clients, they just do not want to have anything, you know, no photographs, nothing published, nothing. Yeah. And I have it in my contract that I have the rights, but you know, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. It's not worth it to. No. no <laughs> I imagine in this Frank Lloyd Wright inspired house, yeah. it's a lot of, probably a lot of glass and it maybe is a little bit even like austere, like mm-hmm. originally, but I, I do, it, it did seem as though you used a lot of pattern in your project. So I was curious if we'll be seeing lots of patterns or, you more know, where you're stone. going. More in stone. Yeah. Um, it's really more in stone. Um, We've been working on a rug in the master to have some movement, really kind of 60s feel, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pattern, no. And there aren't a lot of walls. So there's not, if there are walls, they're all wood or stone. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did a lot of stone walls. So there's not a place for wallpaper. And mm-hmm. you're up kind of isolated. No one can see in. You don't so, need window treatments. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like I this said, is a different decorating. most interesting projects I've ever been on. And I was very honored that they asked me to help them. So were you bringing in pattern and color with art and obviously fabrics, but. Yeah. Um, the fabrics a little, um, again, that it's, there's not any walls for a lot of mm-hmm. art. I mean, oh, one yeah. wall is all stone. Um, and they just, they don't want to take away from all of that. You see the whole backside of it is a huge deck cantilevered, um, and it's all glass. So that's your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I know. It's a, it's a weird, um, concept that on, as I look around my house, you know, I've got stuff everywhere as my husband would say. Um, that you, it's just in a way minimalistic, but it, but it doesn't feel that way. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Well, I was going to say on the wallpaper part, because I do feel like your portfolio, Yeah. so many of your rooms pack a punch with the wallpaper that you have chosen. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, where do you, like, what rooms do you find to be the most important to do or the places to put wallpaper because again you I, I know it's expensive so let's say I can only afford to do what room what room would you usually kind of um, tell people to do does that make sense yeah and, and um, because wallpaper has come back in such demand there are so many places now that it's not as expensive as you think I mean, oh, good. Yeah, I mean, there's some <laughs> great wallpapers out there that are like $30 a single roll. 
which oh, great. is yeah, yeah, they're gorgeous. I mean, Tebow for one has some great wallpapers, and they're dirt cheap. I mean, Colin Sun, you know, um, York is another one, and Schumacher's got some. They're a little bit more pricey, but um, you know. I would always say a powder room. If you have a powder room, I live in a 1952 split level house. It's a funky house. So um, we don't have a powder room. We have a bath. You walk in living room, dining room, family room, kitchen. You go up six steps, two bedrooms and a bath. That would be our powder. Um, So I did wallpaper that one because I had leftover wallpaper from the show house. (laughs) (laughs) I have, I don't have wallpaper. Oh yeah, I do. And uh, I just did bathrooms. So <laughs> I would definitely, I'm like, oh gosh, yeah. And I didn't realize that I did, we re- just redid all three bathrooms during COVID. They all three are blue and white. Didn't even, oh, wow. didn't even think about <laughs> it. We did a new deck during COVID, painted it blue and white. The blue on it is the same blue I used in one of the bathrooms. Didn't even think about it. I, I mean, I would say powder room for sure. Um, and then it depends on, you know, how they live. There's so many people doing the murals now in your dining room and all, which are beautiful, but those can be unbelievably expensive. Um, okay. I mean, unbelievably expensive. So I I think it depends on the client. I don't have it in my dining room. I wish I did, but I don't, uh, I would say powder room for sure. And, um, maybe laundry room. Because if you have a laundry room, no one likes to do laundry. So you might as well um, make it fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, the one you have on your um, website is really fun. Um, the wallpaper you picked is, is like so great. And it would make me happy to be in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, none of us like to do laundry. No. <laughs> you know. I did notice you had a ton of blue also in your yeah. portfolio. <laughs> is that, uh, is that your, now to your point, you go with what your clients want, yeah. but do you find you gravitate easily to blue as well? Yeah. 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 I was just telling Caroline, um, that we did three bathrooms during COVID and we did a new deck. I didn't think about it. I have three new bathrooms. Guess what? They're all three blue and white. And the deck is <laughs> the paint that I painted a piece of furniture. And the only reason I realized that I looked at my hand and I had paint from the bathroom and paint from the furniture. And I went, Oh my God, it's the same color. (laughs) So yeah, I guess I like blue and white. My office is blue and white. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's your natural. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. It's just pretty to me. Speaking of blue and white, um, there was a kitchen in your portfolio that I was so intrigued by because you used that blue and white ceramic tile. You know, I think people could probably envision it. It's a very traditional, almost, I don't know, would you say like pastoral kind of blue and white, very um, Denmark square tiles. And it's all along the backsplash and it's even on the oven hood. And the, um, the cabinetry is actually kind of a dark walnut maybe Uh cabinetry and I just was so I was like wow this actually this looks fabulous but if you were to describe it to me just in words I would probably think yeah is it a new kitchen or you know so tell everybody a little bit about it and how you came to choose those blue and white tiles and 
Um, we had just um, gotten back from a trip, and um, and I hate to say that because it sounds so. Oh well, you went to Europe. We had <laughs> that was the girls. At, y'all will learn as your kids get older. It's like, what do you do? You know. So um, we try to do a trip every couple of years, and that was their Christmas. And my, I probably my oldest is probably one of y'all's ages. She's twenty seven. We had gone to Paris and I just kept on looking at all the, the doors and the tiles and all of that. And it was from, you know, like the 1800s and it was still relevant now. And it just, I just thought it was gorgeous. Um, and so I was asked to do that kitchen. Um, and it was supposed to be in a European feel. It's in Serenby. And I just said, you know, everyone was doing white kitchens, white kitchens, white kitchens. And I just thought that was something very different that is just as classic as a white kitchen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then tell them about, tell, the, tell all the listeners about the island. The island, the island was blue. It was, an it island. was blue. Yeah. Yeah. I had pulled one of the lighter blues out of the tile and all of that tile was hand painted. Um, and it's uh, a company out of um, Oregon, I believe. And I got it from Renaissance tile. And um, it was um, just something that kind of to me with the wood cabinets and the tile, it kind of made it younger and fresher mm-hmm. and not grandmother looking um, to have that painted kind of fresh look. And then the marble on that was um, a marble that I happened to see. And it had come in and I forgot, again, I forgot the name of it. Um, it came in, it was, there were two slabs and they never come in this way, but they came in with blue veining and it was the most bizarre thing. And it was the same light blue. Yeah, I know. I know. It was the same light blue and I was like, and no one wanted that. And so it, we got it for like nothing because it was considered like trash. And I was like, no, I want those. So, um, kind of pulled it all together. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Okay. So we we talk about show houses a good bit um, on the show, and I was curious because I'm, I don't know that we've ever asked anyone about it. But what happens after the show house? I mean, who owns that kitchen now? The the builder. Oh, okay. Yeah. So most of um, the things that we put in, say fabrics, furniture, art, those things, designers have to pay for. And most show show houses now, you have to pay to be in. Mm -hmm. And there's, I mean, fabric lines used to, if you were a good customer, they would give you fabric for free to use. Um, They've Mm -hmm. since not doing that anymore because there's so many show houses. I think in Atlanta, we have something like seven. It's interesting to me because a lot of that, that's donated. Mm -hmm. The tile was donated. The plumbing was donated. The marbles donated. Most of the time, the appliances are donated. So the builder just lives there now. It, that's his no. Home? They put it up to, for sale. Oh, okay, okay. So someone bought it. Okay, that yes, someone bought it. Yeah, and um, like some of the other show houses, I've done 
11 show houses in my career. Um, Virginia, DC, Dallas, um, Atlanta, Cashers. I've just never, it's never really occurred to me what happens to them, but yeah. And show houses, uh, people don't realize, but it's, they're very expensive for designers to do Mm -hmm. um, more than you would even think. But it's, you know, it's a good way to let people see what you do. And it's an honor to be asked. We've we've talked a lot about your spaces and how timeless they are, but um, you use a lot of brown furniture. And I was curious because your, your spaces are so like, they have such an amazing personality and energy and they feel so young and fresh. And I was curious, you know, how you incorporate those more traditional pieces, but in a way that is unexpected and not, you know, um, the end result is still kind of light and timeless. Thank you for that. I think every room needs to have something to anchor it and old it again, a a room needs personality. And um, if you go into a room that is all brand new, it's just to me ordinary. And so um, I have young clients right now that um, her husband's grandmother has left him all of this. And I laugh because his mother, her mother-in-law keeps on bringing more and more over. And um, she's like, oh, you know, rolling her eyes. I'm like, don't worry, it'll be okay. And so the dining room, we have the grandmother's dining table. We've switched chairs to where now they're kind of a whitewash finish with an updated fabric. So that helps lighten it and bring Mm -hmm. it up to more of a um, younger feel. Um, And then we have a beautiful buffet that we're doing a very contemporary gold mirror above. Um, And then we're painting every piece of wood in this a very, very high gloss green and then doing a wallpaper. And the chandelier is another very contemporary piece. So again, I think mixing them together Mm -hmm. helps it not to feel like you've walked into your grandmother's or great grandmother's or, you know, great aunt's house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, okay. So you talk about, um, I was reading in, in one of your, um, one of your interviews, you were talking about color is back. And I was wondering if you could kind of talk a little bit about that. How are we using it? When are we using it? Why is color back? Color is happy, you know, um, it, 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 it makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. Color um, makes you feel. And when you have rooms that are all gray and white and, and an all white room is unbelievable hard to do, really hard to do, to do it right and to do it beautiful. There's very few people that can do it absolutely gorgeous that you walk in and you get that warm feel and happy feel. Uh, I have not done one, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but color um, can make you feel sad. It can make you, you know, um, have memories of childhood. 
it it does it generates a, a nice place and i think everyone's um life whatever that color reminds you of if it's you know a picnic or if it's a beach or you know someone's home or something like that mm-hmm. so so with in terms of um color palettes and combining them um does your client normally have one specific color they want to work with Um, or and and you're choosing like complementary colors or um so your client who is the um, new york couple and they're using orange and purple yes are those black white orange purple was that the color palette very yes that's what they wanted very specific okay yes they were very, very specific on colors um, and colors they did not like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have another client in New York, and it's funny. Very, when someone doesn't like a color, they don't like that color, um, and they will tell you. And it's so funny to me um, because, obviously, I like color. I can't think of one that I don't like, but that, you know... Uh, I I can't think of that, but um, yeah, they were very specific on colors and um, and colors not to use, and that's that's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, you'll get a husband that doesn't like you know paint, and you kind of understand that, right? Or you know, someone that doesn't like green, but they like you know yellows and blues and reds, and they're um, and they don't understand that just if you say you don't like green, what green do you not like? Do you not like the avocado green or do you not like the lime green? So that um, when people start talking about that, unless they're very, very specific, mm-hmm. um, I will kind of bring in other tones to see what they like and show them different ways to use that. And they usually... 95% of the time, um, they'll see how they can use it a different way and not as the main color. Yeah. So in terms of um, incorporating color into your room, I was curious, um, you know, obviously you are using, you're, you're going for it. Um, you're taking okay. risks. That is your job to take risks. But for those of us who are doing it on our own and, you know, we want to use color, we want to be, I guess, brave enough. Yeah. We want to take the risk, but we're feeling a little nervous about it. Are there any places that you think it's easier to do or ways to do it, you know, paint instead of fabric or um, like, how would you suggest a novice tackle? Um, I definitely say paint because it's, and when you're selecting the paint, you might say you like this one color that say it's a blue and it's a pretty intense blue. Don't go with that. If you're still scared of color, tell them to knock it back or go two up on the fan deck because you're still going to get a blue that is going to be a lot lighter because if you go to the blue that you're looking at, it's going to have so much pigment in it that it's going to just completely bulge you over. Mm-hmm. So start baby steps, maybe paint a ceiling, a really pale, pale blush or um, blue or a pale, pale green, um, just to get a little bit of color. 
people don't think about painting their ceilings, but it really adds so much to a room. Mm -hmm. You can have white walls and have a pale blue ceiling and it just one makes your eye go up. Your your, um, ceiling looks taller. Your rooms look bigger. So that's a trick that I, I'm not a fan of white ceilings. And then again, Ballard's has fabulous pillows and rugs and throws. That's such a great Mm -hmm. thing to use. Um, And you can change them out so easily. That's where you can do if you've got a cream or a linen sofa, you can buy a couple of pillows Mm -hmm. and that adds such a pop of color. Um, Or a throw or um, even just little accents around on the table that will add a lot of color and get you used to color being in the room. Um, I was going to ask, I believe the um, red twall um, room, did y'all already talk about that? Um, Well, it was so bold and um, you did it perfectly. Mm -hmm. And it's one of those people, again, kind of going on the same thread that Caroline was talking about. How do I go that bold and make it so perfect? And you did it so well without overdoing it. So I guess my question is, when to stop putting the pattern in the room because you have it on the walls and then you have pillows. So it's almost like you either (laughs) have to fully submerge the room or you just do a trickle of fabrics. Is that, does that make sense? Yes. Um, When you're doing that bold of a pattern, um, you really just need to do it everywhere. And that I did window treatments, wall, <laughs> pillows, chairs. I mean, was it, was, it was everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it was everywhere. It, and yes, it was bold. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably not a room yeah. that a lot of people will sleep in. Right. <laughs> because it was so um, in bright and red. Um that was a show house. Um, and so it was, you know, showing color and fabric and pattern and like that. Um, but you can do that with maybe not a red background, but um, even a softer blue. Mm-hmm. If, if you really, you can saturate a room with the same fabric and it mm-hmm. looks soft and beautiful or it looks very in, intense. I mean, it's obviously yeah. very designer in the sense well, of it's, you know, it's absolutely delicious to look at. And it was fun, you know, very enjoyable. But I was trying to absorb it. Thank you. Um, well, it's such yeah. a, you know, that that no. method of putting the twall on everything. It no. is such a classic. You know, I remember growing up, like seeing that. And I know that, you know, it's something that people have always done, but doing it in that colorway that you chose made it feel like, oh gosh, I forgot that. I forgot about this all over twall sort of thing. Yeah. So it was really Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I almost did the ceiling too. <laughs> what made you hold um, back? Yeah. Um, actually, we didn't have time. Mm. Yeah. Um, we just didn't have time to do it because... If you're going to, you know, do it, Go for it. you got to do mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think it is time to answer a, a listener question. Are you game? Sure.
This is from Tara, and she says, Good evening, ladies. I love listening to your newest podcast with Toledo Geller. I 100% have the problem of walking right into a large living room and into the back of the sofa. I have a small entryway that opens right into a vaulted living room. My other issue is that the fireplace is on the wall that is not vaulted and makes it difficult to figure out a focal point. In the small entryway area that I am debating putting a bench like your Lonnie storage bench or a chest with a chair next to it to allow guests to sit to take their shoes off, I've also played around with doing two seating areas in the living room since the room is very large. It's 24 feet. Or do I just go for one massive sectional? Below are the photos of the living room. Our paint color right now is repose gray. I'm not loving anything in the room right now, so I'm honestly open to any suggestions. I love the area rug since it is a family heirloom, so that's the only thing that will likely stay. It's kind of a hodgepodge right now of items that worked in our old house. We have two young children, so I envision us watching television, playing games, and eventually having their friends over to hang out in this room. So here are my questions. Furniture layout. Help. Should we do the TV above the fireplace and cover the fireplace in a different material? Number three, what do I do on the large vaulted wall? How do I make it not feel so massive? Thank you so much, Tara. She's given us lots of photos. Yeah, it it is tricky because, so she has, of course, Karen is not here. I forgot to mention that. Karen is on vacation, Mm -hmm. but, and normally she describes the room, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so she's got a pretty good sized entryway and then like she said, it just opens right into a big living room. And, um, you know, it looks like when you walk in straight ahead is a fireplace, a brick fireplace, mm-hmm. but um, it's sort of the shortest wall. And then the other wall, the walls perpendicular to the fireplace are the ones that are vaulted and not quite double height, but definitely large. The television is mounted on the um double height you know the vaulted wall right and so she's she's struggling with how to um how to arrange it what do you suggest it's funny because i had a client that had that same layout um a couple of years ago that's so funny one vaulted vaulted ceilings um the tall walls are the tall walls there's nothing that you can do and the more that you try to hide them the more that they stand out so mm-hmm. make sure everything is painted the same color, trim walls. Um, I don't know if they have crown molding, but if they do paint it all the same color and paint it in a flat paint to where it's not going to have a lot of reflection um, to it. The fireplace, um, if it is, I couldn't remember if it's stone or brick. Did it say? It's brick, yeah. Brick. Okay, so I would also paint that the same color. And keep everything, This just have her eye go the same around the room as the fireplace is. Um, It's a big room, but since Mm -hmm. she has young children, they're going to need a place to play and get on the floor and um, have, have that extra room. So I would do definitely a sectional in there and put the TV, and I'm not a big fan of putting TVs above fireplaces. But considering that's their family room and they do have young children, that's where I'd put it. Um, mm-hmm. And the, I guess, entryway, I would probably do a bench that probably, and I can't remember which bench y'all have, but the seat opens and it has storage. Mm-hmm. So I would do that and it has a back. And I, I don't the remember. The Coventry bench. Yes. Yeah. 
I would do something like that there and um, do some really pretty artwork above it that's got a lot of color. Um, and basically keep those walls. You could do a tall piece of furniture on there that's solid and not something that is open to the back. Um, mm -hmm. And you could mirror those and use that for storage for kids' games and toys and stuff like that or something that you could put baskets underneath. But I, I would just kind of keep the eyesight around the same as the wall with the fireplace and make it okay. all cohesive. So she, you know, we had talked in um, a previous podcast about how sometimes walking into the back of the sofa is, you know, it can feel kind of awkward, mm -hmm. um, especially in smaller spaces. But do you think she should be concerned about, um, you know, you mentioned putting a sectional here. Should yeah. where, Which way should the sectional like I would be place open? it to the fireplace. And she could do two small um, club chairs on a swivel mm -hmm. um, that are there. That way you could turn them around to have the fireplace or turn them back. Um, to kind of be part of the sectional um, behind the sofa, I would definitely do either you have a drop leaf table to where you could pull the, the leaf up. And if you wanted to have dinner there with the kids, that way they could eat there and watch TV and it's not on the sofa. Or you could have your laptop do work while they're playing and watching TV. You can always get a couple of chairs on either side of the drop leaf table. Um, to pull those around for extra seating. Um, and you can always add lamps to that also for more lighting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so no concerns about walking into the back of the sofa here? No. But I would put something, something behind it, okay. um, some type of table or something. And I've done that before with the drop leaf table. It works great with kids. Um, it almost mm -hmm. becomes a pseudo dining table and desk. What about the rug? It's sort of a traditional, um, I didn't, I didn't describe the rug, but it's sort of a traditional red and blue Persian looking rug. Um, you know, how, sh what colors should she pull from that rug and how bold can the pattern on the sofa be to not compete? Yeah, I would keep the um, pattern, I mean, the sectional pretty neutral only because when you start adding a lot of pattern and um, color to a sectional, it really makes it look bigger than what it is. So mm -hmm. keep it. Um, and then you also have all of the new fabrics that are so great with kids. Um, Krypton, mm -hmm. indoor, outdoor, all those performance fabrics are fabulous. Um, I mean, they even do velvets now that are just unbelievable. So I would, I would keep it very neutral um, the rugs like that, people don't realize you can't hurt them. I mean, mm -hmm. you can put uh, red wine and you don't see it. Spaghetti sauce and you don't see it. It hides more dirt than anything. And mm -hmm. the, so she could go with something, you know, very um, contemporary with that rug. You know, a very um, interesting geometric. Or she could go with a floral or... Um, you know, solids that, that those rugs are to me go with anything and any style of, um, of design that you want. Well, I love the, when you were speaking to the back of the sofa, walking into a beautifully 
decorated or well-placed table with beautiful lamps. Mm. I think it's a great, especially an open mm-hmm. concept. It kind of breaks your eye and gives you that. So I love that idea. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also like the rug because she has no true color. So okay. hopefully she can bring some more of that and infuse it in there. I like that. I love the rug. I, it's, it almost, and I don't know if it's just the lighting, but it almost has like a hot pink quality to it. Maybe it's just sort of that it's like a red rug that's like sort of worn, but um, yeah, it's really pretty. What about drapery? Does she need drapery panels on these windows? Yeah, I would definitely do panels. Yeah. And that's where she could add a little bit of color and pattern to it. Um, either be it on a, with a, a really pretty tape on the leading edge or just, you know, a really pretty um, soft pattern to kind of pull that over and then bring that, whatever she's using on the drapery, over to the sectional. When, when you're talking that you have little kids, you have to, you have to live in your house and live in your rooms. Um, I mean, really, if you're not going to live in that and you don't have kids, I'd probably do two sofas back to back and make two different, you know, seating areas and the whole bit. But you've got to live. And nowadays we do everything in our family rooms. We watch TV, we eat, you know, we play games, we do homework, we work, we fold laundry, you know, we do it all in there. So it's got to be comfortable and, you know, livable Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah, makes sense. Thank you. So I, I, by the way, I just, I scrolled way down to her kitchen and I love her. Um, she has these great mercury glass bell pendants and they're very oh, pretty. pretty. Tara, thank you so much for sending in your question. We really appreciate it. And um, send us after photos. We want to see how it turns out. Gina, thank you so much. Um, we love chatting. And would you mind telling everyone where they can find you, follow you, see your work, all that good sure. stuff? Um, I My website is just ginasalmon.com, J-E-N-A, salmon like the fish, um, dot com. I'm <laughs> on Instagram, same thing. Uh, Facebook, um, I'm in Atlanta. You can reach me. My phone is 404-863-5998. Um, but I work all over. I mean, I have projects from Texas to New York to California to Virginia. Well, thank you for being on the show. We love chatting with you. Yeah. Thank y'all. Yeah. All right. That's our show. Thank you so much for listening. You can leave us a review in your podcast app. We would love to read it. And of course, subscribe to the show so it downloads straight to your phone. The show notes for each episode are at howtodecorate.com slash podcast. And follow us on social media. And very exciting news. The How to Decorate podcast is now a skill on your Alexa. That's right. So you can just ask Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast after you go and enable it under the skills on Amazon.com. Yes. Super easy. Super easy. Tell Alexa to play the How to Decorate podcast and your life will be so much happier. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Happy happy decorating. decorating.